we don't need to announce our episode. It's just I'm an doing it. I've always done it, haven't no, I? No, we don't need to do that. When I'm get, doing it. Was it was episode 155. No, Every no. podcast you listen to no, says we don't epic. need to say the episode. I'm gonna That's do it. Lame. No, I'm doing it. No, I'm That's doing stupid. it. You can't stop me. It's not stupid. How are people gonna know the difference? How are people gonna know whether or not they listen to the right episode? <laughs> because there's a. <laughs> There's a number on the episode. They can't that they see download. it. They, they're just they're they're chugging along in their 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 cars, and they're talking to their phones, and they're saying, "Phone, play me the most up to date episode of the awesomest so podcast do they in need the world." To know what episode number it is? Then? But they're not going to know if they skipped it. Like they're thinking to themselves, "I I had episode four was the last one I listened to. This one didn't say what number it was. Did I miss an episode?" Like, I have you always go back and check the DVR to make sure it's the most recent episode. How do we know? Because it lists the number there. Visually. The episode doesn't start and say, Supernatural, episode 215. <laughs> starting well, it <now>. should. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is episode six. Okay, are we sh- we're sure. Yes. Okay. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Pause Points Podcast, Episode 6. <laughs> We're having a little argument about whether or not we should start saying our episode number, and I win. Or continue saying our episode number, as have we, have Joe we been... thinks we've done it every episode in the past. So okay. I, I don't know if we have or not. I don't know. But um, you may notice this episode, we are missing one member, Chad. Our schedules didn't quite align this week, and we know it's been a long time, so we want to make sure to get you an episode. Um, so He's a Chad, busy boy. hopefully we'll see him or hear him next time. We are adding someone technically to this podcast. She was in the last podcast. Yeah, but dog. we didn't really announce it, did we? Yes. We did? We did. Oh, we, yeah, we mentioned Ahsoka and that she's a Star Wars character. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, this is not a dog cast. Let's talk about everything that we've been doing. We have been busy this Very month. Very busy. I am off for the summer, so I am catching up on a lot of TV Put shows. more salt in that wound, why don't yeah. you? Yeah, watching a lot of movies, so um, we will definitely be talking to you about those. So, Joe, what have you been watching? What have you been playing? I, myself, have been chugging right through Uncharted 4. I'm about halfway through right now. Um, and you're enjoying it thoroughly. I'm enjoying it thoroughly i haven't felt like it the past week or so so i'm taking a little break that happens to me i'll get halfway through a game and i'll just like you know, i like to savor it when i feel like playing it the most so i think i'm gonna play a little bit more today so far it's it's my favorite one so far like this is everyone is up in arms about uncharted 3 and how awesome it was it was getting tens all over the place and i i thought it was a great game i thought it was a great uncharted game i thought the story was a little muddled and there was no real resolution to it so um, I heard this one has an outstanding ending. Uh, I don't know about it yet. Obviously, and it's only, the last one, and it's the very last one. They've they've come out and said that. So I uh, I'm excited. I'm halfway through, and there's kind of like a, this is not really a spoiler because it happens in the first five seconds of the game. Um, there's like a prologue to the game, and you're you're kind of playing through the earlier events, and now I'm up to the point where that that prologue kicks in at the, oh, at the okay very beginning. so you're kind so, of playing in the past yeah a bit. right okay. we were playing in the past halfway through the game now we're up to the current okay so um i'll be letting everyone know how that is but so far like i said it's my favorite and it looks gorgeous it's probably the the prettiest game i've i've seen on 
PS4, yeah. any console for that matter. So. so speaking of games that kind of start in the past, another game we've been playing together is Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, yes. which started at the Battle of Endor. Yeah. And it was really random. I wasn't expecting that. I'm, totally forgot about I that. I don't even know why it started there. Yeah, it, it didn't they really didn't, explain it. There yeah. was there was no aspects of Star Wars: The Force Awakens in Return of the Jedi, like extra anything that led into the beginning of. Yes, yeah, so I'm really not sure why that was. Maybe it was just a little extra for everyone if they wanted I, to play it. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was to get you used to the the gameplay a little bit, so mm-hmm. you could kind of jump straight into the new events without mm-hmm. having to learn as you're going. I don't know. Which, which what, and what is some of that gameplay stuff that because I I'm used to this kind of stuff but it was new for you so yeah so different than the other Lego games is the crouching and hiding behind objects the cover base shooting. yeah I've never done that before um really the only other games I played are other Legos Ratchet and Clank that's about it yeah, Laura Croft oh yeah Laura Croft which yeah. I mean it's not really that's Laura Croft. Not the normal Tomb Raider one. It's the the, the ones we've been playing in live streaming, the Temple of Osiris. Yeah, it's the, like the isometric yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, puzzles. So the crouching and and like getting up to shoot that's definitely new for me. Yeah, and that's, they and that's, did do that in that the Battle of Endor. They did. They introduced pretty much every type of gameplay that and how you can build like two or three different things with the same pile of. Mm-hmm. Lego bricks, very fun, very fun game so far. Probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah, since I'm having Potter. a great time. Probably the best new character you've enjoyed playing because I'm kind of the primary, so yeah. I always get Ray or um, I think I got Poe as well mm-hmm. in the the first two parts. But Joe's gotten BB-8 and R2D2, yeah. so he's really enjoyed playing with BB-8 and like drawing Just things in along. the sand. Yeah. <laughs> But it's funny because the cover-based shooting is new to Lego, and of course these are these are very accessible games, they're family games, but they do it in a way that that it's it's almost like you know Kitty's first cover-based shooter. I mean, th- this is really good yeah, video game training you. for little kids because mm-hmm. a game like Uncharted Four, cover-based shooting is pretty much the whole way that they they play that game. That's all the gunplay in that game, pretty much. I mean, you can run a gun to some extent if you want to you know, die and get shot. But yeah. most of it, you're hiding behind something and shooting around a corner. So, yeah. So I've really enjoyed playing it so far. I think that the voice acting is really good. If mm-hmm. it's not the characters from the movie, it sounds a lot like them. Yeah. I, Ray sounds a little flat to me. Some of the times like she's bored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other characters are right on point. I've really enjoyed I'm so bad at flying in games. It's, it's not pr- it's even funny. Horrible. So I'm trying really hard to learn a little <laughs> bit more about flying. I always go the wrong direction because I I learn to play inverted. So any game that's not inverted, I have a really hard time with. And I'm talking about horizontally. X, yeah. Horizontal inversion, not vertical. Yeah, this weirdo plays video games inverted horizontally. It makes sense to me because no. I feel I feel like I play like I'm on a pivot. So if I'm holding a gun, I feel like it's pivoting rather than me shooting it back and forth. I don't know. And I it get makes that for up and down. Yeah. I get that for up and down, but not left and right. And in your defense, the game resets the inverted flight controls every time before you fly. So each new time you fly, you have to go into the menu and invert them all over yeah. again. So yeah. that's that's annoying. But. It's like 
in Independence Day, the first one. When he has when, to turn the... Yeah, when they first start <laughs> flying and he goes the wrong direction, that's me every single time. And he turns a little piece of paper upside down. Yeah, he's like, oops. Yep. That would be a good segue, but we're going to talk about Independence Day later. So Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, so we're having a really good time with Where that. Where are we at on that? We just got on the ship with Han Solo. Which ship would that be? Well, the Millennium Falcon, but yeah, the ship. No, I'm talking about the ship that. Oh, with the tentacle creatures. Yeah, yeah, so okay, we're gotcha. we haven't done the tentacle creature battle, um, so we're kind of right there. That's where we paused yeah. last time. But as she our said, pause point. even 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 Han Solo, like everybody who you know, even the added lines they do and stuff, they mm-hmm. they do a good job, except for Ray. So. And the funny thing about Lego, they, somehow they have Lego characters completely capture the facial expressions mm-hmm. for a moment. So the the looks that Han Solo gave are just perfect on the Lego yeah. Han Solo. So. For a plastic head, he does yeah. a pretty good job. They do a really and I, good and job I love the stuff it. in the background. Like you're you're fighting your way through the uh, the marketplace and um where's where that marketplace where the guy gives Jakku? Her, yeah all her, her portions so she can he can buy BB-8. You're fighting your way through the marketplace and you've got stormtroopers wearing nothing but a helmet and. You know, uh, board shorts, yeah. and they're trying to catch a tan in the background, and somebody's playing volleyball, and it's it's, and great. it's really cute. You use BB-8 as a ball sometimes, like yeah. for extras. He's a bowling ball or a basketball or something like that. Yeah, so. his his voice actor for his extra lines is pretty good excellent, too. excellent, right excellent spot on work. Another <laughs> game that we finished recently was Tomb Raider. Yep. The Temple of Osiris. The Temple of Osiris. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was mainly puzzles, and I enjoy doing those puzzles together, working in cooperation. Sometimes I get mad at Joe a little bit, and he gets mad at me, and it's usually my fault, <laughs> and I yell at him for it. <laughs> I'm very defensive on my video games, uh, but we had a lot of fun playing that game, and um, it was a good short game that we did together. Yeah, it wasn't long at all. Yeah, but really cool visuals and the, the guns were awesome that you played in that. It was just really easy to mm-hmm. see that game. I thought it was much easier to shoot. It felt very natural. Well, it's like, it's it's one of the twin stick shooters. So yeah. it you you use the the left stick to move around and the right stick by simply pointing it in a direction. That's how you shoot yeah. in that direction. So and I have to preface this. I don't know if we've talked about this before. But my first video game was Ratchet and Clank. On the PS2. That was it. I mean, I played Lemmings on a PC a long time ago, but that was it. I didn't grow up with Nintendo, Sega, anything. So I am still learning as I go into a new game, which I don't play a lot of brand new games. It's it's definitely a high learning curve for me, but I enjoy it. So be aware for all of, uh, all of you out there that are watching our live streams, if there's someone who's just continually running into a wall or doesn't or know how to doesn't fly know how to jump i can't <laughs> but check out that game it was really fun it was a blast uh it was free for playstation plus a couple months ago so if you had playstation plus and you uh religiously download your free games every month not download them but save them every month quick tip for everyone if you guys are out there and you've got playstation plus i don't know if you know this or not but you can go into either your online account or the app on your on your android or your iphone uh, and you can mark each free game every month as purchased without having to actually physically download it onto your onto your console. So that way you can save it and download it later. Whereas, whereas if you don't do that and the month passes, you miss all those games. So good tip. I have like 500 games saved up on mine from having PS Plus for the past six years. Mm-hmm. So um, another game you're playing is Just Cause Three. Yeah, I got back into that one. 
that old chestnut. <laughs> it's great. It's like living out an Expendables movie on steroids. <laughs> Every time he comes out of the bonus room after playing that game, he has the biggest smile on his face, and he just seems like a little kid that just did something bad. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's the the complete and total brainchild of what I made up in my bedroom with my imagination. Uh, playing with G.I. Joes when I was a little kid. I used to make these fake explosions and find... I used to find all the little pieces that could fly off of my G.I. Joe things that wouldn't break them. I could put them back together when I'm done, but it would make them explode. I'm quoting for people who can't see there. So uh, my mom always used to tell me that she'd hear the craziest noises come out of my bedroom when I was a little kid because I was having some kind of war, and that's exactly what this game feels like. <laughs> so. That's cool. And then a game you just finished... Gone home. Like, gone home. Yeah, that's that was a good one. The the the, the gameplay and the the way the um, it's one of those exploratory games. The, the way it went was um, very very good. It was very mysterious. I had my qualms with the story, um, the way some of the story elements were laid out, but it was told very well through auto diary, audio diaries, kind of like via Bioshock. So. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was decent. I, I know a lot of people were talking, um, a lot about that game and how great it is and how awesome it is. So I thought, you know, another game that was free on PlayStation plus, I thought I'd check it out and I played it. I don't see the super hype about it. Um, I, I, I played Firewatch earlier this year. We've talked about that and I think it was just as good as that as that, but no one's talking about Firewatch anymore. And people are still talking about this game. It came out three years ago. So I oh wow, I didn't know it was that. Old. Yeah, it's it came out on PC like two or three years ago. So, um, so yeah, I, I it's good. I I don't get the hype around it. I think it's just as good as some of the other games that have come out in that category. So, mm-hmm. um, so moving on from games that we've been playing and watching, I have been catching up on a show that my parents recommended to me in the oh, in the absence of Downton Abbey. It's Monarch of the Glen. It's an old show. It must be from the 90s. So, I mean, they still have these old, (laughs) super old cell phones, dial-up internet. But it's a British show. show, And it's a fun fun escape just to watch in the background. I've really enjoyed it. I think it's a cute little storyline. I love that you and your parents love your British shows. But as I've explained to you in passing, I don't know what it is. And I don't know if you can put words to my feelings. But British shows especially older ones annoy me to no end and i have no idea why i don't think, i i think when i used to watch old shows like i can't even think of them keeping up appearances and stuff i i couldn't stand them either i think at a certain point in your life you just kind of appreciate what's being told in the story more than the actual visuals or the little jokes i I like the characters. I think they've done a really good job developing the characters and you're really rooting for one of them in there. And the reason I'm watching it is Julian Fellows, who was the writer for Downton Abbey, acts in it. And he's a, a fun little character, Kill Willie. Um, but it's, it's His name is Kill Willie? His name is Kill Willie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kill Willie and they... Uh, <laughs> and they are at Glenn Bogle. And it's, it's just a, it's a fun what? show. It's very Scottish. Wow. The, the name of the estate is Glen Bogle, and there's all these really interesting Scottish terms. Ahsoka, we might have to change your name to Kill Willie. <laughs> Kill Willie. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's a TV show that I've had on my Netflix queue for a while, so Kill I'm Willie. going through that and 
and marking that off. The about list. the only show out of all those shows that you watch right now. Like I, I, I sit there and I see Downton Abbey for five minutes, and I just I, I don't know what it is. I think I, I don't understand how people can talk like this and act like that. No one could have actually ever acted. Like, I'm sure they did, but it just it drives me bonkers to you know all the all the pomp and all that other crud. <laughs> Trying to keep this family friendly, but anyways, the only one of those shows I actually like is Mr. Selfridge. Um, I can stand that one, and mm-hmm. I don't know why it is because probably because it's the American that goes over there, right. and so he I, I guess it's of, a little more relatable. Yeah, he kind of shakes things up with his American ways. Yeah, don't get me wrong; I, I have no problems with British whatsoever. The British, the British folk. I just their TV shows I can't stand for some reason. I don't know. Why. Yeah. But you watch, you're watching Humans, or what's, is it yeah, it's it? human, Humans? It's Humans, um, but yeah, that yeah, it's a good point, actually. Yeah, and I like Sherlock, and you've watched a couple episodes of Sherlock, and you're into that. I think it's touch and go for you. I, I don't think you should do a blanket statement. That's true. That's good, I think it's like the downtown, like dramatic period pieces, like that is, I think is, is what maybe throws me off. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that that period. What did I, what did I call it? the Downton era? The Downton era, not the yes. Victorian era or whatever no. the heck it is. We're not going to get in that conversation again. Where I sound like an idiot. All right, so <laughs> a couple of movies we've watched recently that have been on our list for a while. Good movies. Um, Eddie the Eagle, mm-hmm. and I had no desire to see this movie, but there's something about watching an Olympic underdog story that just is awesome. And this was just a fun family movie from start to finish. I think just about any age could watch it. There's, I mean, there were a couple moments in there, but yeah. they were for humor. But it was fun. It was yeah. an underdog story, and he, it was. It was great. And, and I got to tell you, his um, his portrayal of Eddie the Eagle. What is his name? Taron Egerton, mm-hmm. I believe his name is. He was in Kingsman. Um, his portrayal was just awesome. And in watching the special features afterwards, and even hear the guy after the fact, he used to have a huge underbite, and he was very. He, he he admittedly himself says he was very goofy looking. I mean, he was classic '80s, you know, creeper mustache yeah. and everything, <laughs> and um, big big huge glasses. But he played his character to a T, and I I tried doing it after the movie, keeping your mouth like that with an underbite and 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 having to do it like that when it's not natural for you. That's that's hard to I do. I tried to do the same thing. Yeah, I tried to do it as well. <laughs> so, but it's it's not easy to do, and not only does he keep his underbite like that and he still does all his mannerisms and still talks and he just a very charming character you know like yeah so i was i was rooting for him from the very it beginning it was a character that was just so positive like he yeah. he was just nothing's gonna get me down and i'm just gonna get right back up there yep. and i think we need more of that in movies and and teaching people that to persevere and not worry about what other people think so much i think it, it's a great movie to watch for someone who doesn't feel necessarily part of the in, in crowd or the it yeah. crowd you know who cares in this day and age they when can, every yeah. movie is apocalyptic and the world is ending and we're all yeah. gonna die it's nice to have a nice uplifting mm-hmm. underdog story especially around the time of the olympics yeah so. yeah so um and then another movie we watched was midnight special yeah and that's one I had no desire to see, but I was curious about. Yeah, the, so. the trailers were very mysterious. It didn't really give a lot away. You knew there was some sort of supernatural element to it. But overall, I, I liked the movie. It was kind of slow at times, You did, but it kept you questioning what was going on 
throughout the entire movie. Like, what's this leading to? It, it was so one it was of those. Suspenseful. It was one of those movies too that didn't answer every question for you. It made made it so that you had to figure out what was. You had to make up in your own imagination some of the conclusions to what was going on, mm-hmm. um, especially where this boy came from, or you know what all that stuff is about. When you when you get to the end of it and you see it, it's. Is very it ramped up from about a five to a fifteen there in the last probably thirty minutes of the mm-hmm. movie, twenty mm-hmm. minutes of the movie probably yeah. even got really good. Had a really good strong ending, um, even though the rest of the movie was kind of slow. It was still engaging. It, it had that feel of you know when when the when the trailer for a movie comes up and it comes up with all those awards for Sundance Film Festival. And I usually go ugh because <laughs> you know, it's one of those. Oscar bait movies or whatever like that. And this this one was one of those movies and it feels like one of those, you know, more indie movies. Um but it, it's very genre. It's very sci fi. And mm-hmm. it's and it's it, it almost had a feel to it like uh like E. T. almost actually. There there was a there was a government after him and you know, it mm-hmm. just it was it was it was cool. I liked it. It was very reminiscent of eighties sci fi. Yeah, capers, and, the, and they didn't give everything away. They didn't show everything. Right. Yeah, I really, yeah. I liked that. All right, and some of the movies that we've seen in the theaters recently um, that we haven't talked about since our last podcast, Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah. Uh, it was a fun movie. You had to think about that for a yeah, second. Yeah, the Resurgence, there are a lot of R, or R words that could come. Resistance. So anyway, Retaliation. Retaliation, whatever. Not as good as the first Independence Day by any means. There was something just special about how all the pieces came together in the first Independence Day, like more of a slow build and introducing a lot more of the characters and the character development. Whereas Independence Day, the new one, they didn't have to do a lot of character development because they brought a lot of characters back. So they brought Jeff Goldblum's character back. They brought back Bill Pullman. And you didn't have to get a lot of the backstory, but I would have appreciated a little bit more with the new characters uh, they took a little time to talk about um, Will Smith's son character mm-hmm. and the president's daughter and the three of those main characters, kind of what happened in the back. I, I think I would have liked to know a little bit more about that in the beginning of the movie to understand right. their conflict. Um, but it, overall, it was a fun movie. I liked the queen aspect yeah. to it, and cool. how there was that, that new part. And then there was a whole other buildup to a third Independence Day movie. Yeah, it pretty much ended on a... Yeah, so definitely something was coming yeah. in addition to that. I, I, I have mixed feelings about this movie. I, I in, hold the original Independence Day near and dear to my heart. When that movie came out in the 90s, that was an event. Like, mm-hmm. when you saw so that trailer... Different. Yeah, it was so different. And, it, and it's funny because an alien invasion movie is really not all that different, but this one was for some reason just... The special effects in general at the time, mm-hmm. and it came out on the Fourth of July, and it was about the Fourth of July. And I think if this sequel would have come out right after that movie, within a reasonable time, yeah, frame, within five years, it would have felt more in place. Um, and I think that's my my biggest thing. I know I know Roland Emmerich has been trying to make this thing for ever. Um, and uh, I think I think they it almost feels rushed to some extent as well, where. I feel like they pushed it out as fast as they could mm-hmm. before the studio changed their mind. <laughs> yeah, and um, 
and it, it's good, but you know, I, I I was listening to another podcast this week, and and this movie is critically getting panned left and right. But uh, they were tearing it apart themselves. They they thought it was terrible. It was anywhere near as good as the the first one. But go back and watch the first one. I'm wondering what people expected. This was always a dumb, fun action movie. This yeah. was not an Oscar-winning movie. I always say that. Like I feel like people nowadays are just so super critical of movies, and and I think it's IGN actually gave probably the the most unbiased review about it. They were like, listen. This is the pinnacle of dumb action movies, but it's unapologetically so, and um, go in there and have fun with it and just walk out happier than ever that you are into dumb fun movies, because that's exactly what this is. And that's exactly yeah, what I went in expecting. Okay. Yeah, and it's that is not, okay to yeah, have a dumb that's fun not, movie. It's not bad to have a guilty have to pleasure like that. It doesn't change your life. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't even need to be a guilty pleasure. I shouldn't even say that because it's it's just it's fun. It's fun. It's like a Transformers movie or you know GI Joe or something stupid like that. Is mm-hmm. you don't go in expecting something ultra intellectual. Um, were there plot holes? Were there characters that were goofy? Was there some storylines that didn't make sense? Yeah, but it was about blowing up aliens that are attacking Earth again. That's what it was about. Yeah. So and the special effects were good in this movie. I thought they did a great job. Yeah. Um, it's not earth shattering like the first Independence Day <laughs> because uh, because it's happening 20 years later. But I think overall the aesthetics of the movie were really good. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then another movie that's going gangbusters right now is Finding Dory. Finding Dory. Um, Something you never want to go see the newest Pixar movie. And I love Pixar movies. I just never feel like going to the theater. But we were visiting our cousins in Indiana and... Shout out Emma and Will. Emma and Will, hey, our, listen. Our, your grand cousin Supreme talking here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they wanted to see it, and we're like, yeah, we'll go take them. So we took them, and we had an awesome time. It was a really funny movie. Yeah. I think that the kids liked it just as much as we did. Like we got some of probably some of the jokes that they might not have gotten, um, but a great follow up to Finding Nemo. A, a really great sequel that a lot of people are saying is even better. Than the original. Another another movie that came out over a decade since. Yeah, it's been you a know, long time. But, but kept the charm. If there was anything missing from Independence Day, from the first one, I would say it would be probably some of the, the charm. The charismatic and, character. I think yeah. Will Smith not being in it was an absence because yeah, he just brought was. his swagger to it. But yeah, they brought back the original characters from the original voice actors from Finding Nemo and they brought in some other great voices and you're listening. You're like, I know that voice. I know that voice. Um, so looking afterwards, you see, yeah, that's who that was. Um, but a really great story too. I liked that. It wasn't mm-hmm. just another going through the, the ocean to find stuff. It, it kind of took place more in a Marine wildlife reserve. Yeah. And it was neat to, to kind of think about that because Joe and I both worked at Disney and I think both of us also worked at um, the Seas with Nemo and Friends. Yeah. So kind of seeing the animal side of that, the animal side of yeah. that, <laughs> as well as in the movie, I think that kind of was very personal to me because we we kind of got to see backstage, and I I actually got to scuba dive in the Seas with Nemo and Friends uh, a while ago. So. It was just neat to kind of put those two worlds together. Yeah, it it really is, and I and I guarantee you that Pixar went to to Epcot and spent some time in there because there's there's a scene in that movie that just almost looks exactly like it. But yeah. I actually heard it's based on a real Marine Life Institute in San Diego, which okay. is where the movie is. And I, I love Sigourney so, Weaver. 
as the voice. Her random cameo, yeah. <laughs> yeah so um, she, probably, she was a big character in yeah, that movie she really was. as herself, yeah. as her own voice. Um, probably my favorite character in the whole movie, though, was, was the the bottlenose dolphin. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. What, what, is it a bottle? I don't know if it's a bottlenose dolphin or not. I think but it, um, he ha- uses echolocation. Just watch the movie. You'll know what we're talking about. Yeah. It's, his, it's my beautiful gift. <laughs> <laughs> my beautiful gift. <laughs> but no, a great movie. It kept the charm. And I just checked. Finding Nemo came out in 2003. So some 13 years later. And it feels like it came out the next day. Mm-hmm. So um, not as not anywhere near as depressing of the first five minutes of the movie is Finding Nemo had. <laughs> yeah. It gets a little emotional at the end there um, when you figure out what actually happened to Dory, but it's a great movie. Great movie yeah. for the family. So That's wonderful. So we're going to move over to television. We're going to start off with television this week, just kind of talking about a few of the finales that we've watched. All the since, finales we've yeah, watched. Since the last episode, and then also kind of looking forward into what's coming in the fall. So... A very sad moment was the Person of Interest series finale. We've been watching the show religiously. It's one of our favorite shows ever. Yep. I mean, there's Fringe. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. it's up there. Person of Interest is right Dollhouse. up there. Dollhouse. Um, Probably top three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely one of our favorite. So I think they did a wonderful job. A very tight 13 episode final season Mm -hmm. i mean every episode they were bringing something a very important piece of information there were also some some really cool episodes in there that didn't necessarily drive the story forward but it it kind of showed you a little bit more depth to a character and kind of what they were going through but it cut out a lot of the fat that most 22 23 episode seasons have yeah i mean it it got to the end and And cbs kind of pooped them out there i mean they were doing double episode nights yeah it was like like, i think these 13 episodes happened in three weeks yeah i mean they kind of they kind of tried to cram them into the the last i think they wanted it to end with other season finales did it take up where where supergirl left off because supergirl had an early finish yeah it might have taken it so i don't think she had a full season i think she had like three quarters of a season and i think they tried to cram a 13 episode final season of person of interest in her slot over the the rest mm-hmm. of the and the some year other before slot the summer. too because it was a it was double yeah. episodes yeah so. exactly so um but i thought i was very happy with the ending yeah i was very happy with where all the characters went i'm not going to get into the spoilers or anything of specifics if you haven't seen it yet but Highly recommend the entire series. It's a very rare that you can say at the end of a series that's been going on as long as this one. Hit, I think it hit 100 episodes, right? Yeah, it went, yeah, it, it went it over 100 episodes. It just episode. hit 100 because there was the 100th episode yeah. right there at the end. Yeah, and um, and I got to say there's not very often that you can say that a series ended with one of its strongest episodes. But mm-hmm. I, I think not only did it end brilliantly, um, and on a rather good note, but it ended with one of its strongest episodes. That's, yeah. that's great. To and say. this is a show that's, that was a 22, 23 episode season every single year. Mm-hmm. And it never felt like that. It was no. one that it just kept punching every single episode. There's very few filler episodes. Yeah. There. And if they were filler episodes, they were good filler mm-hmm. episodes yeah. if they didn't drive the story. But it was definitely, um, it had the overarching storyline over the whole five seasons. And I don't think it could have gone on much further. I think that no, I, I am happy when a show ends when it's supposed to end. Yeah, I'm going to miss watching it. But it had a complete story. It had some really cool. I don't know if a lot of 
shows do this, but it had like a three episode kind of mini story in right. there. And it was one that hit like 10, 10, 10. I, they were awesome episodes. And that was like midway through the third season. Well, more shows have been doing that. Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a, had its Fallen Agent yeah. run. And like there's a lot of more shows that have been doing event. But I don't know. I, it might have been the first one that really had Started that, yeah. that three episode arc. Um but just fantastic characters. It was a very small group of main characters, which I appreciated. But you got to really learn their backstories, learn a lot about them, and their connections to each other. Whereas some shows, when they have too many people getting into them, you don't get to know the character as much. Yeah, and I almost wonder if those those event things have kind of taken the place. If you remember back in like the 90s, like even a show would end and they would do a just straight to TV movie of kind of like a, a long like hour and a half long. I don't remember this. You don't remember this? Mm-mm. They used to like like MacGyver used to do it all the time. Oh yeah. With yeah. like he used to go to Atlantis, but at, this was these were all after the series ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there's there's other shows that have done it as well. I just I can't think of any right now. But by the way, MacGyver, very excited. Richard Dean Anderson, we're coming to see you in Boston. <laughs> We really, yes. really want to see you. I, I I have it on my bucket list to meet this guy and shake his hand. And last year for the Comic-Con in Boston, he hurt his back or something and he couldn't make it. And I thought, that's it. I'm never going to see this guy again unless I go to his house and track him down. But he's coming back. Richard. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Anderson. If you can hear us, we're coming. Be careful between now and October. We're coming to meet you. Don't hurt your back. We want to right. see you 100% healthy. We just want yes. an autograph on our super duper MacGyver season collection. I have the box and everything. So yes. yeah, if you can, if you're, of course, I'm sure he, like Keanu Reeves, listens to our yes. podcast. Keanu, if you can get the word to Richard Dean Anderson, let him know we're coming. Uh, if he wants to do an interview, we'd love to have him on the podcast. Absolutely. So. Everybody tweet at Richard Dean Anderson right now. <laughs> yes. Please, please, please make sure that you make it to Boston because we are going to see you. Um, so anyway, just wrapping up personal interest was awesome. Yeah, watch it. We're going to miss it, but it it ended where it probably should I was depressed. I, I had We had like a moment of silence before we started the last episode. And I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and it, it took us a little while to get through it because yeah. we didn't want to see the final episode. Like We didn't want it to be there, but... Happy where it ended. Yep. Good job to everyone over there at Person of Interest. Thank you for a great, great series. We'll probably revisit it a few years down the road from start to finish. When we're showing it to other family members like we do with Fringe every couple of years. Yes, so. yes. So. Um, so other shows that we just wanted to touch on were the CW finales. Uh, Flash, Arrow, DC Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Thoughts, Joe, on those? Um, out of all those, probably the most exciting one was The Flash. I love where this show's going. It's still in its infancy. It's still very young and fresh and right out of the gate. Um, I love where they're going with the next season. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of spoilery territory over the next five minutes or so. Um, we are going to talk about the finales a little bit here if you haven't watched them. I, I think I think we avoid most spoilers with people because we're, we're actually behind so far they yeah. ended like two months ago so um but they've already come out saying that 
the Flashpoint is going to be the name of the first episode of season three for The Flash. And I have talked to you about Flashpoint in the past. It's one of my favorite storylines. Uh, There's a DC animated movie that came out a couple years back called The Flashpoint Paradox. It's on Netflix. If you want to watch it and catch up on kind of what season three might be about, go go check it out. Um, but basically he goes back in time, I think, and, and saves his mother, which is what you see at the end of this season. And it just changes everything. So... Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, it just changes everything. So are you okay over there? Are you a little teared up? No, no. Just think of that flash finale, the emotional I got. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I really enjoyed this whole season of The Flash. I think in contrast to Arrow, which is mm-hmm. another DC show, Arrow comes from a very dark place. Yeah. And from the very beginning, you've seen the five-year flashbacks mm-hmm. and kind of dark places that brought him to where he is today. And next year is the fifth season. So we'll get one more year of flashbacks. And then I'm interested to see... Unless they find some way to stretch it out or whatever. Well, I don't think they will. I think I'm interested to see where they go season six when they don't have flashbacks to to kind of tie in. Flashbacks are a big part of that show. Yeah, I really enjoy the flashbacks. And it has some of the best transitions from past to present. Yes, they really do. In any movie... TV show I've ever well, seen. This season they really kicked that up a notch. Yeah, cause... so I, I appreciate those flashbacks and the entire you know five year reverse look. It was really pivotal to the whole storyline this year, probably more more than other seasons. And it's and it's really funny because if you remember how the very first episode started, it started him with running around from rock to rock to rock on that island, shooting pyres of 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 logs that he had set ablaze to get the you know to you know make himself aware to a ship that was passing by and it was like that was it that was the first time he's been rescued when you know now that we know if you've watched arrow that's not the case he's come and gone from that island a couple of times now so i'm very interested to see how they bring it back they bring it back Mm -hmm. and make it seem like that was him being rescued for the first time. That, yeah. Because this whole time he's been like, I was on that island. I was in hell for five years. And, you know, like it's really, we find out that's really not kind of been the case. Yeah. Which so. I, I kind of wish he had stayed on the island the whole time. I think bringing him, where did he go to Hong Kong? He went everywhere. He's that, gone, he's gone to China. He's been trained by different people. Amanda Waller came in. And, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, there's, there's been a whole bunch of stuff. So, and now he's back on the island. And so, mm-hmm. well, the first two seasons he was on the island right yeah, right and then the third season he went off with amanda waller and then, and then the fourth yeah, season he seasons, was back on the island yeah, so he was only off seasons, the island i think it was hong kong i think season. he was only there for the one season the yeah, first two seasons the trouble came to him uh but still i'm very interested to see how that's going to tie in because i actually thought that maybe the fifth season would be the last and it would end the flashback would catch up to the beginning of the series mm-hmm. and then the current you know present day would end and i thought that maybe would be how it goes, but maybe that's not the case. Yeah, so. I mean, we'll see. Um, and in contrast to Arrow, I think Flash comes from a very positive, right, positive place. Like he's a really happy-go-lucky character and, mm-hmm. and person. So the whole feeling of that show is much more on the positive side and and looking towards and the future. And that's as good. A they good need thing. that. They need that kind of. A- yeah. So I appreciate that. It's not just like three dark DC shows. I think mm-hmm. they they all have their own feel. Yet they feel like they belong in the same universe. And so that, I do appreciate that. And speaking of that, I mean, that brings us to Legends of Tomorrow. That that was mm-hmm. the new kid on the block this season. Kind of the B team. Um, I'm surprised the show even got off mm-hmm. the ground, let alone had as many episodes as it did. 
I was yeah, expecting it, was it to be like season. 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. It was more like 19 or 20. I think I would have appreciated it if it had been fewer episodes. I feel like they kind of played out that storyline a little too yeah, long. Long in the tooth. Just because they kept going back and forth in different places in time to catch right. this one character. Whereas I know that setting them up as their team moving forward to, to solve different problems in time. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I would have liked a 13 episode first season. Yeah, it needs... I, I, I think... I'm not I'm not happy to know. I think it's it's going for like a 22 episode season next season. Yeah. But it sounds like it might get more interesting. So yeah. um I'm I'm very happy to see if they can tighten things up a little bit. If not, I I think that's one of those shows that would benefit from a, a shorter 10 13 episode season. Like an Agent Carter. Yeah. Which which happened between yeah. the fall and the spring seasons of Agents of Shield. Right. I I like that because I don't really think there's a need to tie it in. We watch everything in order too. Like as as it's aired, we try to keep that order because mm-hmm. just in case there are crossovers. The one time between, we deviated. <laughs> yeah, because there are sometimes crossovers between them, not blatant crossovers. Or the events of one will give away an episode we haven't watched yet. Yeah, so we always make sure week, to try so. to watch them in order. I don't think Legends is necessary to do that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the whole Sarah Lance. No. Laurel Lance. Laurel Lance. That kind of tied in there at the end. Um, but I think that they could do a 13 episode in between seasons of Flash. Well, that was that was Flash, yeah. not Legends of Tomorrow that Laurel Lance tied into. She was the Earth 2 version of Laurel. Yeah, but then it tied into Legends. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I'm trying not to, say, to do spoilery stuff. It's hard to keep them all straight. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then next season we're going to have Supergirl. Which that's where they should have and been. And we'll anyways. see and we'll see if it ties in because as we know um They'll they'll tie it in. I'm just I'm just very curious as I'll you see how they tie it in. As you yeah. put it, it was very interesting because they, they strongly established last season when they had the Flash Supergirl crossover that that they were two totally different Earths that they took place in, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested to see how this works. If also, they keep them on two separate Earths or what? Yeah, also, interestingly enough, again, we watch everything in order. So they gave the Flash something yeah, in that's Supergirl, right. the Supergirl episode that he didn't actually get until like three episodes later yeah. on the CW side. And they didn't even mention Supergirl on the Flash. Yeah. It was solely him coming over to Supergirl. I think that it was wasn't a legality a thing. They, they couldn't do a cross promotion on the yeah. CW side. So. so they might just throw that away. I don't. I don't. I know. don't think they will. They're they're going to do a lot. Of, they got some explaining to do. Yeah, but Greg Greg Bertlani is has his hands in all four of those shows. He'll he'll find mm-hmm. some way to make it work out. Who knows? Maybe they'll keep her in her own Earth and her own separate universe. And and I mean they're crossing over between Earth one and two this whole season like it's nothing. So maybe you yeah. Know, maybe they'll open a breach and yeah. Maybe yeah. she can. Well, just, they also have. Cisco. Yeah. They have Cisco, vibe. so he can vibe to other Earths. Yeah. So, I mean, they could probably do that pretty easily now that they have him. Right. Um, so, let's stay on Supergirl for a minute. There's a couple casting rumors oh, for yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, Linda Carter, the... Wonder Woman of the 70s. Yeah, Wonder Woman of the 70s. She is going to play the president... In Supergirl. Yeah. In Supergirl. So, that's going to be cool. And they also have She's cast... She's still really pretty. Yeah. She looks yeah. good. And they've also cast Tyler Hoechlin. I don't know how you. I don't know how to pronounce him from Teen Wolf as Superman. And I don't know who this person is. Um, he's on Teen Wolf, which is on MTV, which apparently is a good. That show has its own following, um, mm-hmm. younger following. 
I don't know who he is, but we posted this on our Facebook page for those of you guys who follow us. Um, he looks the part. I mean, he I, there's a picture of him on there where he's got like a you know some some beard scruffage, but I can see after they shave that off and and put the Superman suit on him, I, I can totally see how he would fit mm-hmm. in this universe. And Supergirl did a very good job the first season of not actually showing his face. Yeah, and we um, haven't seen Superman on TV <clears throat> since Smallville. No. They never showed him in the costume. They the actual. I mean, they did like the a, last episode. They but did. we haven't seen the full Superman costume since that's Lois true. and Clark. Yeah, that's true. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, coming from there. The red blue blur. Yeah, the that? red blue blur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you haven't watched Smallville, oh, go back. Go back and watch go it because it's it. fun. Other than the vampire season, it was great. <laughs> the vampire episode was horrible. Oh, goodness. So we are still catching up on Supernatural. Skipping back to the CW. Um, we'll give our thoughts on the next one, but it's been fun. We didn't watch that. We got, what, 10 episodes in and stopped? We, and we got to the fall finale. Yeah. Stopped and didn't watch any spring episodes. So we've got like 14 episodes, and we've been plowing through maybe half of them. We started that show back up. It was not, I was. I had no desire to watch that show this entire season. It sat on the shelf for the entire season. And we're only watching it now because it's the last thing out of all of our regular shows that we haven't caught up on yet. Man, I didn't I didn't give that show a good enough chance. It's it's had a really good season. It feels mm-hmm. like almost like it's finally getting back to its roots yeah. to a certain extent. The monsters of the week and just the humor and stuff. And uh, this season's MacGuffin, I guess you could call it, is not that overtly depressing and stressful and they're not having as many um near-death experiences near-death experiences dramatic moments Mm -hmm. um where you know either sam or dean is is you know having a a themselves yeah yeah they're they're more themselves yeah Mm -hmm. so that's a great show and i think when you're watching television don't watch something you're not feeling at the moment yeah like literally we'll go through our dvr are you feeling like bones tonight no, it's not. Don't don't watch it if you're not feeling it because it's so much better when, if you're like, yeah, I really feel like watching Supernatural today. Like the episode will feel better yeah. as well. That's a, so, that's a good rule of thumb for movies and games and yeah, so TV don't, and if everything. People, if you're behind, don't worry about it. Just watch it when you want to watch it. We, we told you when we started this episode, all of you guys who are listening to us, we don't, um, we don't play or watch anything we don't feel like. So, yeah, Uncharted came out. A couple months ago, and I haven't finished it yet, but I haven't felt like playing it. It's the last one in the series. I know I'm not going to get another Uncharted for at least a long time, unless Sony, you know, decides to bring it back with another, you know, maker or whatever. But um, I want to savor this thing, and I want to play it when I feel like playing it. That's why I'm still playing Just Cause Three. You gotta gotta play and watch things when you feel like it. Otherwise, it just feels like a job. So. Yeah. Um, so. Another show that had its finale recently was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. That was another one. I wasn't feeling it for a long time, so I made Joe wait a while to to get to the end of that show. Really strong ending. I'm happy where it ended, and you knew the whole time they were going to kill off a character. They're like, which one's going to go? I I felt okay with the one that went. Yeah. Um, Not at all who I thought it was going to be, but yeah, I feel okay with it. Yeah, it's it's not my first go to show on television. But we always enjoy it. This this season in particular mm-hmm. started super strong, like super strong. Yeah. Um, and it lost its steam a little bit when it took what like its spring break. There, it has a really long spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where Agent Carter comes yeah, in. Yeah, but I thought I thought his whole Fallen Angel, um, mini yeah. 
It, it was, was it was it was really good. I was I was really happy where the show went, but strong start to this season, and, and it was pretty strong throughout. It just mm-hmm. lost its steam there when Agent Carter was. was and on. it didn't really end on a cliffhanger, did it? Mm-mm. I don't so think it so. kind of had a closure, so it it can go any direction it wants to in the fall. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be back. We'll see how it ties in. What's the next Marvel movie to come out? Doctor Strange. That yeah, one? Doctor Strange is in November, and I think I think Thor's after that. Okay, so Possibly. we'll see how if it ties into those movies, mm-hmm. how they're gonna work. I know that. Thor started filming like just yeah. this week or because we week. know that they don't mention Agents of Shield in the movies, but they always try to tie in the movies to the television right. show um, and mention those things. I think the strongest tie-in between um, Coulson and another character is Thor, because he was a big character. In that first Thor yeah. movie, like Son of Cole. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would really like to see a little bit of a tie-in with Thor. But I don't know if it's going to be on Earth at all. Well, they, they don't even acknowledge that Coulson's still alive in the movies. Yeah. So, so. that bugs me. But. but I feel like they could maybe acknowledge another character and tie it in that way. Well, I mean, they've had Jamie Alexander on yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Lady Sif. She's been on there. So there's, there's a tie-in from the opposite direction. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as much of a stretch to... I hope they could get some of those the B characters to come yeah. over a little bit more often. I think yeah. that would be nice to see. You know, we could we could push for Chloe Bennett and yeah Elizabeth to you know friends of the podcast to yes. get up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and a summer show that we've finally gotten back into. We took a couple weeks to get into it. Was Wayward Pines? Yeah, I was hesitant about this one. Weird show because yeah. last season it it had such an ending. You thought there's no way to come back from that, and then. They the, do. This is a prime example of a show that should have had 10 to 13 episodes as an event. They they made it very clear last summer it was a one-off. It was an event. And then it got renewed. Um, the last time this happened was Under the Dome, and that was a train wreck. So, uh, you know, that had a slow death for three years. But um, I had no desire to watch Wayward Pines Season 2. Uh, Getting into the first couple episodes, I was very skeptical, but I'm kind of into it now. They've done a good job of... Yeah, I'm actually really enjoying this because now you're seeing both the side of the the people of the town mm-hmm. and also the antagonists, or as we see them. Yeah, um, the Abbeys. But the Abbeys, we kind of see their backstory and everything isn't as cut and dry yeah. as we originally thought in the first season. It's a very similar um, story structure as something like The Walking Dead, where there are these abbeys out there that are, you know, very visceral animal like beings mm-hmm. that, that drive the show and, and their, you know, ambitions and what the people in the town do, but the real enemy is from within. It's the people, you know, it's very it's very kind of similar, except there's a little bit more smarts to it, I think, with as we're finding out, mm-hmm. you know, no spoilers, but I think that what it reminds me of most is I Am Legend. Yeah, and that's true. not necessarily the movie that you all saw. Yeah. Um, but there is the, the original roots. ending was that the zombies or whatever the characters were in I Am Legend, they had created their own subculture. They actually had a community. And yeah. they were working to like find a cure or do all of these things. They could communicate with each other. 
And Will Smith, his character, was killing all of them. So he was killing their scientists, their teachers. Couldn't they, couldn't they, they couldn't go above ground or something like that, but they had to go above ground to continue their research to find yeah. a cure. Mm-hmm. But every mm-hmm. time they went above ground, Will Smith was that boogeyman that killed them. Yeah, so he ended up being like the bad guy in the original ending and... In the graphic novel. In the graphic novel yeah. and... Spoilers the, for the graphic novel. Yeah. <laughs> and the person that that culture told their children about. He was the boogeyman. He was the legend. Yeah. And it gives me chills just to think about that. I wish that had been the ending because it, it's just such a such cool a twist the um, than the movie. But that's kind of what I'm thinking of when I think of Wayward Pines is are the Abbeys really the ones that are being yeah oppressed yeah it does this... it does have that kind of like a feel like it could go that direction like, yeah you, like there's something more there yeah. um so just a really interesting show it gets you thinking yeah there was there's one it. episode this this season uh if you guys haven't gotten too far into it we're obviously we're staying pretty up to date with this one so we're going to try to stay spoiler free but there's a whole episode that i don't think this is really a spoiler but there's a whole episode where you just see the caretaker of everyone who's been in their pods um and you see him over the last 2000 years he emerges every what like 100 years or something like that and he slowly sees the world deteriorating mm-hmm. it's very well done episode very it's cool really take cool. um because you don't think about that you just thought oh they came out yeah. of it but no, makes makes been... that whole season for that that's when i saw that episode i was like okay i'm i'm invested it's, I'm in. jimon hansu who was in gladiator if that's I'm, how you say his name i yeah. think I sorry think so. <laughs> um i can't believe they got him for this tv show yeah. because he brings a weight to that character that i don't think anybody else could have pulled and he's off. not even playing like a major He's like kind of a no, side character. but so. he's important. And mm-hmm. you can tell that he's important just from the way he acts and the way he carries himself. So really enjoying, especially his character this year. Yeah, shocked, shocked that we're enjoying that as much as we are. Yeah. But So just a couple of trailers we wanted to touch base on for television moving forward. We were looking at Netflix. There's a show called Stranger Things. Yeah. That's going to be coming out set in the 80s. Very 80s-centric. Very reminiscent of like maybe Super 8 or E.T., but there's something not of this world. Or of this world. Or of this world. We don't know. Maybe something a little supernatural, but it's kind of how that progresses, but it's in the 80s. It looks like it's going to be kind of a fun show. Winona Ryder's in it. It's out now, right? It came out this weekend, Mm -hmm. so people are probably already finished with it. Um, they may, may have been watched it this season. If you, if you binged watched it this weekend, let us know on our Facebook page. Yeah. Obviously no spoilers, but let us know what you thought about it. If it's worth watching. Um, but we haven't started yet, but it's, it's on our list with, with, uh, with daredevil, which we still haven't started yet. You know, we got time. We got time. We're just finishing up everything. We really don't have a lot to catch up on, but our summer series, last ship suits, those are all back right now. So, and one more trailer, for the television pause point. This you is going to be the longest one. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Star Wars Rebels. The trailer came out for next season and it just looks action packed. I we, mean, it's going to move things forward. We a lot. posted stuff. We posted the trailer on our Facebook page. If you guys want to see it, the trailer debuted this weekend at Star Wars Celebration in London. That's going on right now. Um, Kanan has a new look. Everybody Ezra got a new has haircut. a new look. Yeah. I mean, Kanan... Some things happened in the last season, if you haven't watched it, yeah. that forced their hand. So he Force. definitely <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> So he definitely has a different look. Ezra, more grown up. Yeah, they aged him kinda like uh 
Kind of like they aged Ahsoka halfway through the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Uh, I think what's her name's got a new haircut too, but oh yeah, um, um, what's Sabine? her name? Sabine, is that her name? Yeah, is it Sabine? The Mandalorian, yeah, yeah. So she's got the pink hair. She's got a new new, new do. Yeah. So she usually has different, like different hair color. I think she had different hair color from the first season to the second season. I'm, I'm as wondering well. if if we're gonna get years have passed in between two and three because yeah, he's I mean, clearly Kanan has a beard. Yeah. He looks like he's a little more wise and aged, so Ezra's clearly grown. Yeah, I would say so. a couple years have passed at least in this one. But yeah, I think it's gonna be really interesting and a character that apparently had not been canon previously. He might have been from the expanded universe, but they're saying that he's going to be a character, like one of the main big bad characters this season. I have not read any of the the books grand admiral thawne or thrawn or something like that he's yeah. a blue guy mm-hmm. looks like he's uh, from pandora <laughs> <laughs> except not quite as tall yeah um but yeah apparently he's a character that a lot of people that have read the books really like like i said i don't i only stick to what's canon he he was he was essentially taken out of star wars canon when disney did its big um acts of all the expanded universe stuff but with Star Wars Rebels being officially canon and having him in it, he is back in the canon. So people are extremely excited about it. He seems like he's going to be a extremely huge intellectual threat to um, to the Rebels, and he's really going to. I think I think I read an article that said he's going to be as big of a threat as Darth Vader. So interesting. In a different way, obviously, because I don't think he's force not force sensitive, sensitive at all or anything. Okay. So. So let's move on from television to movies, but let's stick with the Star Wars front. Oh, boy. Um, celebration, Star Wars Celebration is happening right now in London. We're getting a lot of information about Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, you want to touch base on a couple of things that have happened? Yeah, well, so the, the, big, the big kind of news both came from, uh, I think, a panel they had about Rogue One in general, uh, I think Gareth Edwards was there, and he was revealing little bits and pieces. Uh, they revealed some more footage that they haven't released to the public yet, but uh, one of the big things is that we, we've we heard rumblings about is Darth Vader is definitely going to be in Rogue One. Um, but the bigger thing is that James Earl Jones is voicing him. Very exciting. And I think James Earl Jones was all about it. Oh, like, yeah. Well, he, he, was, he loves, did his voice on Rebels. So. But he loves Star Wars. He loves being that voice. He was in Big Bang Theory and as, I, I'm James Earl Jones. Like, he <laughs> yeah, loves right. it. So I, I'm really happy that he's going to be back. Yeah. So uh, he will be back for Rogue One on that uh, on that front. And then Forrest Whitaker, we've seen him in the trailer. We have no idea who his character is. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he is Saw Gerrera. I don't remember his character specifically. I'd have to go back and watch the episode he was in. He was in Clone Wars. Clone Wars. And the episode was a battle on two fronts. So apparently he is that in that episode. I think, so I think we would remember, out, obviously, as soon as we went back and watched yeah. it. But, but if you check that out, that's supposed to be, that's Forrest Whitaker's character. Yeah, so I think that's really cool that they're pulling from the Clone Wars animated TV that's show. Awesome. That's a big testament to... feed to... a Star Wars canon... Mm-hmm. anthology film or, or yeah. extended okay, if you guys haven't seen it. the Clone Wars you need to go back and watch all so, of them yeah that's that's a big stamp of approval on the Clone Wars there so 
So yeah, that's 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 some of the stuff from uh, Rogue One. Also on the Lucasfilm front, I think it was very interesting as well. This is kind of a side note, but uh, Spielberg is is talking uh, along with Harrison Ford about the fact that Indiana Jones Five is definitely happening. Uh, they're going to start filming, I think, later on, like early next year or something like that. But he's made uh, very two very specific promises about Indiana Jones 5 because they, they don't really, they haven't said anything about if he's going to pass the torch or... Which Han Solo, not Han Solo, <laughs> <laughs> Harrison Ford, I think he's always been much more fond of Indiana Jones than Han Solo. Yeah, there's been, there's been rumor that one of his stipulations for coming back for Star Wars as Han Solo was, I'll do this if you green light an Indy 5. So, so I, hey. I would not be surprised if if that was part of the deal. Um, but Spielberg has made very specific promises about Indy 5. One, uh, if you don't want to know about it, anything about Indiana Jones 5, you know, tune out for five seconds. But uh, here it is. He, he said, Indy definitely will not die. He won't kill off Indiana Jones in the next installment. Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope that he wouldn't kill off Indiana Jones. So I, apparently that was a question mark in, in someone's mind, and he felt the need to specifically come out and say that. And another great thing to hear um, is that uh, he will definitely be bringing back John Williams to score Indiana Jones 5, which it wouldn't Excellent. be an indie movie without it. It would so. not. Just like Star Wars, like you've got to have... You gotta have John Williams. You gotta, you gotta have the man. Yep. Um, I guess Rogue One will be the first Star Wars movie with. Yeah, but it's not. It's a Star Wars story. Right. It's not in the line. So I think they're sticking with John Williams for seven, eight, and nine. But that's right, though. This will be the first yeah. Star Wars feature film without John Williams. Yeah, but Clone movie. Wars. We've heard what other scores will sound like yeah, rebels and they all they all sound great they're not john williams but they have their own kind of unique feel to them i guess so. the clone wars movie was the first one without john williams there you go there we go all right we got that straight dropping out. some star wars movie knowledge on you <laughs> boom <laughs> if you haven't watched clone wars and you watch them in order this the events of the clone wars movie are not the original events so if you want to watch them in chronological order there are actually a couple episodes of the clone wars tv show that chronologically take place before the if movie. you haven't so watched the clone wars do out. yourself a favor and look up the actual chronological order that lucasfilm put out a couple years ago it was aired completely out of order uh, to appeal to a younger audience. Yeah, and characters Network, that die so. come back to life. They don't make any sense. So watch it watch in chronological order. Watch it in the right order. Yeah, yeah please Look do. it up on Google. So. I make all of my students watch it in chronological order if it's, they decide yeah, to do is, so. Anybody <laughs> who wants to go to a cool school. <laughs> Faith <laughs> teaches a Star club. Wars class. Um, I have a club. It's not a class. I don't get credit for it, but well, we still have so. a good time. All right, moving on from all of the Lucasfilm front, Justice League. Wouldn't be Pause Points Podcast if we didn't talk about Batman or Superman or <laughs> yes. any of that. So the Justice League movie was originally going to be two movies, part one and part two. They've nixed that whole idea, um, probably because of what happened with Batman v Superman. Um, but it's going to be one movie, and it's just going to be called Justice League. That's it. That's all you get. Good news. I, that, that just kind of further confirms my happiness with Jeff Johns and the other Warner Brothers guy taking over. It sounds like they're really kind of cutting the fat and streamlining it, and um, that makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. uh, Zack Snyder, I think, is under 
a very, very strong light from Warner Brothers. Um, you know, he's under the magnifying glass. So Yeah, they're um, holding him to the fire a little bit. And that's fine. I, I, I think he needs to be. He needs to be reined in a little bit. He's kind of... Uh, he kind of reminds me of Michael Bay. He just kind of does whatever he wants when he wants to do it. And if it was up to him and only him, we got Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. So <laughs> I think I think you need to rein him in. I think he's kind of a wild uh, wild stallion on his own. <laughs> he needs yeah. to be tamed. He needs to be broken. <laughs> yeah, he needs to be broken. Uh, so uh, I'm very happy to hear that, that, that Justice League movie I think will be good. It sounds like it's... Uh, injecting a lot more not not so much humor but um maybe lighter moments human moments into into it and just lightening up the movie all in general um they've gone on record saying batman versus superman was definitely the darkest movie of this as the middle movie always is so i don't i don't really buy that so no i think they're backtracking a little bit a little bit um side note we've talked about i am legend if you go back and watch i am legend that movie came out almost what probably, probably a decade ago Yes. And, I, I was thinking about that as I was talking about yeah, it. Yeah, and in one of the beginning scenes of that movie, uh, it sent the nerd nerddom into a, a frenzy and a panic, thinking it was a, a, kind of a, a teaser of what was to yeah, come. Yeah, an Easter egg. Yeah, an Easter egg. There was, obviously it takes place in the future. I'd, I'd be really interested to know what year I Am Legend took place in the future and if it coincides with when Batman versus Superman actually came out. Yeah. But there was a poster in Times Square when he's walking around after the world ended that uh, that it was a poster for a Batman versus Superman movie or a Batman Superman movie and it was supposed to come out in, you know, 20-whatever. So I'd be very interested to see if those things line up. But uh, yeah, just a little, little side note there for you. Um did you, did you find out? Are you looking it up? I'm looking it up right now. Because I remember when I saw that, I, I kind of went crazy. I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, Batman, Superman's coming. And it took maybe like 20 years later for it to actually come out. So um, while she is looking that up, uh, I wanted to move on and, and mention something that was kind of interesting for me, uh, considering I'm still watching Battlestar Galactica, the TV show. Uh, the Hunger Games director, who did the last two or three Hunger Games movies, um, he's kind of made a name for himself, but apparently he is looking into possibly making a Battlestar Galactica movie. Um, I have not yet finished the show. I'm really I'm really into it. I'm still kind of shocked at how good it is. Yeah, uh, you've been watching that a lot lately. I've been trying to. I've been usually yeah. falling asleep to it. <laughs> um, just because I, I started so late because it's only on the weekends after you fall asleep and we're not watching something together that I have time to watch it. So, um, but if they, if they bring that back and make it a movie, I'd be interested to see how they try to squeeze that into a two hour, the events of what happened there into a two hour movie, or maybe it's, if they brought it back, I think it would have to be like a planned trilogy or something mm-hmm. at least. So just to backtrack, I am legend Find came it. out in 2007 and the poster said 2010. Oh gosh, they were the way Batman off. poster. Okay, so. wow, yeah, way off. But the symbol looks very much Does like it? the the symbol that they use for BVS. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll have to I'll have to see that. Maybe we'll post that on our Facebook page. Just yeah, the, the symbol and yeah. from I Am Legend. A, a, a good movie overall. <laughs> it's, it's a decent movie. So, yeah, I just think I'm it would have had sure. a better ending if it would have stuck to the graphic novel. So. Yeah. All right, but Faith, that would it, that would make Will Smith the bad guy, and he's. Hardly ever he the, can't bad be the bad guy. He can't guy. be the bad guy. So. Except in Suicide Squad, where he is the bad guy. <laughs> but playing a 
protagonist. So verdict's still out on that movie. I'm 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 still very morbidly curious how that that movie will do. Yeah, but so it's projected to do very well. So all right, what you got? What's next? Um, we have news about the Saint reboot. If you haven't seen the original Saint movie with Val Kilmer, (laughs) it's so. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. But it's good. I mean, it's just like the goofiest romance ever. It's, it's right up there with uh, Billy Zane and the Phantom. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. But it's it's a little more brainy than was that. Was that before he was Batman? I think it was, but it was right after the Shadow. Okay, so, so there it, was. It kind of has a feel of of Batman a little bit because he, I don't know, he plays these different characters. He sneaks into places. He has these gadgets. So it's. It's he, a fun movie. Yeah, he takes on different personas. He's a master of disguise, from what I remember. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, that would be my recommendation, my pause points recommendation for the week. It's actually, it's, it's, it's a lot more intellectual than something like The Phantom or something like that. I'm just yeah. saying, it's it's of that era, and it's it's funny to go back and watch. Yeah. It's very it's 90s. It's got Elizabeth Shue. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, America's Sweetheart. <laughs> America's Sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> From 1991 to 1993. <laughs> hey, she was in Back to the Future. It's okay. Um, so that's going to get a reboot. A movie that is... Possibly or definitely. Oh, getting this is hilarious! A sequel is *The Passion of the Christ*. It's not definitely getting a sequel. Mel Gibson is trying to push to get a sequel to okay. *The Passion of the Christ*. So, I mean, there's story there. After the enough of the to make a movie, though. I mean, well, like, yeah, it's after Christ resurrected. I've never seen *The Passion*. I don't know where it ends. Oh, that's right. It ends with him walking out of the tomb. So I mean, there's spoilers to the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, there's plenty of story that well, could happen there. I mean, about he, he just spends, like, what, the next month appearing to different people? There have the... been movies that take place in <clears throat> one day. So, I mean. Yeah, I guess. I I'm guess. sure that there's some. I'd be very interested to see how. I mean, when they get um, James, what is it, Caviezel? From Jim, Jim Caviezel. Jim well, he's not but doing they... person of interest anymore. So, But he's aged, like, a lot. That's a good recommendation for this week as well. We went back and we dusted off oh, yeah, Frequency. So, okay. <laughs> frequency is getting a television show. Yeah, yeah, on the CW. Which will be interesting. We'll, I, we'll I don't, I don't really goes. know how they're going to play that. Yeah. There, are th- there are a whole bunch of time-jumping shows that are coming out this fall. Mm. But we saw that there's the Frequency <laughs> is going to be happening. We saw that Frequency is going to be um, one of the new shows... But we went back and watched... Was there a time jump just now, or did he have a mini stroke there? What was that happened? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Frequency, the movie, holds up. It really it does. It is a fun, fun movie. Dennis Quaid and... Doing a terrible New England accent. Yeah, Boston accent. <laughs> and Jim Caviezel. It's fun. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. Yeah, it's it's just a cool time. I remember watching movie. that when I was in high school, and I remember getting like, "Oh man, I got emotional about it" or something like that. I didn't like yeah. cry. I just like, "Oh, such a good movie!" But it, it's definitely a '90s movie. But it's still, it does, it holds up. And and yeah. I and I, it's just such a random movie to make a show about. Yeah. I I'm very interested to see how it does. But I think that the thing with the movie is very personal. Yeah. It was a, it was his family. Whereas the TV show, I guess they could solve, do a case of the week back and forth somehow. You know, like the dad helps 
the daughter and the future solve yeah. the cases in the past. Yeah. Or, something, or it could right? be not, there's not even a relation there. They don't have to be related. I'm just wondering. No, if the, they, the, they, the trailer they, says that she talked to her dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's there's a there's a girl replacing Jim Caviezel. This is a girl from the Tomorrow People. She was kind of wooden in the Tomorrow People. She was, was she the, the main, main character? She was the main love interest. So she played, and she also plays the sister of Captain Cold. Oh, that's right, in Flash. In Flash, that's true. Yeah. So they're keeping it. The CW's keeping it in they the like family. To, they like so. to reuse their characters. I mean, Tara people had um, the other guy from the Flash. The other guy from the Flash, Firestorm, Lucifer, the, the first Firestorm, Lucifer from um, Supernatural. Oh, that's right. He was one of the yeah. main characters. I'm surprised, but they. Lincoln from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is not the same network, but was also from the Tomorrow. They basically reused that whole cast. Pretty much. But I'm glad that was, you know, that was a decent show. It was a decent show. So I'm glad to see that that they they got work after that. So Yeah. So good job, everybody from the Tomorrow people. We love to see that you're doing good things. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that'll be a fun show. It worries me that they're related. I almost would have rather them not be related. So there's not the messing with the future. Yeah, it has a feel of scraping the bottom of the barrel kind of for the story. I mean, a random 90s movie that wasn't that popular. Why couldn't you have just called it a different name and borrowed from the storyline? No one's going to look at that and say if it's called something else, oh, they ripped off Frequency because nobody saw Frequency. (laughs) Like, it wasn't that popular. It's a cool name. I mean, I know. yeah, I think, it I is. Think it works. So, but they had to pay for those rights and stuff. You think they would just, yeah, yeah? Maybe they had more story. Maybe they had sequels well, planned and they good. didn't get around to them. So, all right, just real quick on just kind of movies that have been in the theaters and how they're doing. Zootopia passed a billion. Mm-hmm. Um, good for Zootopia. You said Finding Dory. Yeah, this milestone. was this was just this last weekend, like the weekend we're in right now. So. Uh, breaking news on Pause Points podcast. Uh, the I think it's Box Office Mojo reported that uh, as of this weekend, Finding Dory has I want to say crossed 435 million domestically, which has made it the biggest um, animated feature film of all time. Yeah. So. Awesome. Good for them. Yeah, it's a great movie. So, and then World of Warcraft is now the most successful video game movie. Of all time, even though it bombed Which here is not in the U.S., a lot. <laughs> um, it's done really well overseas. So apparently, it just squeaked past what Prince of Persia made. Okay, and I don't think Prince of Persia had half the international business that Warcraft. Yeah. Warcraft actually did best overseas and in, in China and Asian territories and stuff like that. So yeah, um, I'm interested to see um, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, because I've never actually seen gameplay. I think you played a little bit I of it. The third one, yeah. So I'll be kind of interested to see how that does. Well, Michael it, Fassbender's behind it, and it looks cool. It looks mm-hmm. like the game. Um, it's just striking that balance. You know, when when the the big question is always when is going to be the first big video game movie that actually does justice and does gangbusters and. Then yeah. maybe 10 years later, we can finally get our Bioshock movie. Please, get the Bioshock movie. <laughs> Guillermo. Yes, please. Guillermo del Toro, if okay, you're listening. so <laughs> let's go ahead and transition over to the gaming pause point. Bioshock is getting a re-release. Oh, good segue. The Bioshock Collection. Yes. So it's going to be released on the PS4. Uh, Xbox One, PS4, I think, PC. Yep. So it's, they it's upgraded. It's Bioshock 1, 2, 
infinite and all of the story DLC that comes along with it. Yeah. Okay. Each one of those. So games. the burial at sea. Yeah, burial at sea one and two, Minerva's den. Okay. Uh, for Bioshock two. So and you have made a promise. I have made a promise. I have watched every bit of Bioshock. I have watched Joe play Several times. every single minute. Um, I am going to play through at least the first Bioshock myself. Uneasy. Uneasy. That's fine. The thing is, I just enjoy the story. I enjoy walking through um, Rapture. I love the way the story unfolds. Nothing wrong with that. So I'm big daddies are hard. I'm gonna have some fun. Um, I'm I'm really excited. I'm I'm glad that they upgraded the visuals. I think it's gonna be really cool to revisit and and uncover the story as it unfolds. Now to clarify, they they up res. Um, they upgraded the resolution. They haven't completely redone each one of the games. Okay. So there are there are some games that have full HD remasters. This is not one of those games. This is not like fully like th- you're not gonna you're not gonna play Bioshock One, and it look like Burial at Sea. Yeah. It, it's still gonna look like Bioshock, and Bioshock One's still a good looking game, but it will be updated to 1080p and, mm-hmm. and all that. Stuff. I mean, Bioshock came back out came out in back in 2007. So mm-hmm. that's just when flat screen TVs and 720p were a thing. And that was like one of your first games on the PS3. I yeah, I bought it randomly at a GameStop one day, just completely yeah. randomly. And it completely changed our lives. Pretty much. <laughs> it's why we do this podcast. Yeah. Not really, so, but. um, yes, I promise to play that. I might um do some live streaming on Twitch yeah, so you, you can, can see live it yeah. and see me be really really bad at we're, shooting we're everything. going to we've been hearing from a lot of people we need to start incorporating video into pause yeah. points podcast we understand that it is coming but i think you should be doing a video stream video stream of playing bioshock and seeing how stressed out you can get i, I have never was, <laughs> was it me that screamed or you that screamed you in the dentist office oh my goodness it was i screamed so loud i was not expecting it i started shooting at the ceiling (laughs) i screamed so loud joe just started shooting whatever because she scared the crap out of me i was completely calm but uh, she scared the crap out of me and i started shooting the ceiling and everything else except the guy who was clobbering me with a wrench so it's such a fun but you get into stuff and it's why you get mad at me half the time because when you're playing a game by yourself ratchet and clank Mm -hmm. you will yell things at the tv i will bite joe's head (laughs) off if he talks to me i mean (laughs) i get so into it so that's why i'm playing it on easy if i was playing on hard like i would have i would have a breakdown (laughs) so all right so we can't do this podcast without mentioning at least a current event of pokemon go yeah we have to the cultural phenomenon that it is a crazy I saw a person practically in the road yesterday, like just at the edge of a parking lot, like his hand over the road trying to grab a Pokemon. We were trying to figure out what the heck he was doing. Like, (laughs) is he taking a picture of the gas station? No, he was a Burger King employee. He was walking about, you know, two blocks down from his actual Burger King. We couldn't figure out if he was lost (laughs) or what happened. And I said, you know what? He's probably looking for Pokemon. That's exactly what he was doing. (laughs) And like... The other night, when a town close by is the little rinky town. There were like 200 people out and about playing Pokemon Go. It's 
crazy. But you know what? Good for this game. If it gets these these people active and out there and walking around. Yeah, apparently it's great. turned out to be one of the best exercise apps that's ever been released. <laughs> people are getting 13,000 steps just playing Pokemon Go. There was there was a coworker um, of mine whose friend said that they were out playing Pokemon Go this whole weekend and inadvertently walked 13 miles. They had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so... So yeah, this yeah. is if it's getting people outdoors, it's perfect timing, right in the middle of the summer. I, I I'm sure they plan that. But the the funny story behind this is that Nintendo just recently um, had in the past couple of years had its CEO pass away, um, and he was very anti putting Nintendo brands out there on the mobile market and stuff like that. There's a lot of people that think Nintendo can't get a console right lately, and they need to cut out of the hardware business and strictly just go to software and games because that's where they're the strongest. Um, they recently just made a decision to start pushing their their properties out onto the mobile market. And I don't know if this is the first venture or not I because I, they, don't, they don't fully own Pokemon, but Pokemon comes out solely on Nintendo mm-hmm. products. So if this is their first step, man, what a humongous first step. Their shares had the biggest boost um, on the stock market since like the 80s when the Famicom that's came out in Japan crazy. or something like that. That's so, crazy. Um, that, that's huge. So mm-hmm. good, good job. Good yeah. for you. Good for them. So we haven't started playing that yet. We think we will probably. This weekend. Joe's uh, brother, Michael, shout out, yep. is coming into town. <laughs> so we might um, be playing that with him. Yeah. Going to some of the metro parks around here. Another another heads up really quick for another game who's had, uh, you know, who's had a revitalization um, Red Dead Redemption came out a long time ago on PS3 and Xbox 360. That just recently got re-released on Xbox One as being backwards compatible. Um, if there was ever proof that a new Red Dead needs to come out, uh, th- this is it. That game uh, had a 6,000% increase in sales on Amazon. Wow. When it, it was released for being backwards compatible, meaning they can buy the old 360 game and it gets them access, I think, to the digital copy on Xbox One for free. Mm, okay. That's how Xbox is doing backwards compatibility. Yeah, you love that movie, that game. Oh, it was like a movie. Yeah, it was visuals. outstanding. And I've been I've been waiting forever for the sequel to come out. There's rumors that they're, you know, they're almost done with it, or they're really pretty far through the process. But Rockstar takes its time when it comes out with games. I mean, they only come out with a game every five or seven years, you know, mm-hmm. so they take their time. But when they do, it's outstanding. But I hope that's a good indication of them. They need to get rolling on Red Dead Two. So. Yeah. Um, you wanted to mention one more thing about Nintendo. Yeah, uh, speaking of their hardware front, they're, man, what a mess. The Wii U has only been out for a couple of years. It's not doing well at all. So they're coming out with a new console called the NX. It's rumored to be called the NX. Um, it was trying to, I think, catch them up to the current console generation specs. Um, again, they're a little late to the game since now Xbox is coming out with the Scorpio and PS4 is coming out with the Neo and this will be coming out around that same time as well. So they're really behind the eight ball, but they've always tried to be unique. And one of the unique things that is being rumored for this new console is that it's going to go back to cartridges of some kind. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone's kind of in an uproar about that. Like, why would we go back to those big, thick cartridges? But you got to think of it, it, you know, a cartridge is defined. This is, this is a rumor based off of a trademark filing and uh, it could be like SD cards or something like that too. So, um, that'd be very interesting to see if, if, if we've gone from cartridges, which made games so expensive back in the eighties and nineties mm-hmm. to, 
you know, optical discs to having cartridges, quote unquote, be, you know, actually profitable again and not not that expensive. So it's it's just a funny technological leap. So. And then the last thing you wanted to talk about was a quick recap on E3. Everything E3. Um, We did not get to do an E3 specific episode. I think we're going to try to do that next year. But I did want to go over a a bunch of stuff for for those of you who are behind on E3. Uh, It happened at the beginning of June. Uh, Just do a quick recap of Sony and uh, Xbox both had their conferences uh, Xbox came out of the gate first, did a did a pretty good job. Uh, everyone was pretty impressed. Um, they came out all guns blazing. They said that they were going to come out with their uh, Xbox One S, uh, which is sounding very much like the iPhone lineups. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, a slimmed down version of the Xbox. And here's here's kind of the the kicker that I was surprised by. Um, their Xbox One S is not their next more powerful console like the PS4 Neo. It is strictly a slimmed down version of their current console, except it supports 4K, which okay. is the which is a huge reason to upgrade to the new PS4 console. Um, so they might have a leg up there a little bit, especially since they came out with the specs at E3 for the Scorpio, which is their version of the PS4 Neo. Okay, so I don't know anything about these. When you said Neo before in Scorpion, I had no idea what you're talking about. So, so uh, what's the what's so the Neo? We, we talked about the So it's PlayStation 2, 3, 4, Neo. Is that kind of what's going on? PlayStation Neo. We, we talked about this on a couple pa- podcasts oh, this ago. Is like the this is the more powerful 4.5. PlayStation. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay. It was rumored to be called PlayStation 4.5, 4K, whatever. It's it's called the PlayStation Neo. That's its code name right now. We don't know if that's going to be its real okay, name. Okay, and or that's not. just the PlayStation Four. But what's new about the, it? The upgraded version of the PlayStation Four. So it's going to have um, more RAM, a lot more upgraded specs. It supports 4K. It's it's basically going to improve the visual and graphical fidelity of games to kind of support the newest resolutions okay, and stuff okay. like that. So. What I'm saying is that the slimmed down version of the Xbox One, the current Xbox One, mm-hmm. is is going to add 4K support. Okay. So you're not going to have to buy the newest, most expensive version of the Xbox, which what they're putting out to match the Neo is called, the, it's codenamed the Scorpio. Mm-hmm. And they're Scorpio saying, or Scorpion? Scorpio. Okay. And they're saying that is more powerful than anything, including what is rumored to be in the PS4 Neo. So then the Xbox One S is not necessarily going to be more expensive. No, no. It's just a slimmed down version of what's currently out there. So are they pulling the Xbox Ones right now and um, putting that out? They probably, yeah. What they usually do is they phase out the old fat Xbox Ones like they did with the PS3. Remember there was a fat PS3 and then they had a slimmed down one. They do it every console generation. So so this one is going to eventually be replacing the regular Xbox One. Um but that's that's kind of the kicker there is that is that it's it's slimmer it's going to run better um it's not going to be as big and chunky as the one that i i have that i just recently got that i told you i was kind of surprised at how how slow it runs and how big and chunky it is um but the the 4k support's kind of a big deal mm-hmm. um because that's a whole that's one of the major reasons why the ps4 neo is coming out so um they came out and said they're they're coming out with that and then they're also coming out with the Scorpio, which, like I said, is their version of the Neo. And they, they released the specs for that. And they were doing a lot of talking, and it all seemed great. Um, they came out with a, a couple new games that was you know pretty good. 
um, they thought they everybody thought you know people give their you know the reviewers there give their opinion of how good each one of these conferences mm-hmm. are and they said yeah they did a good job Sony's gonna have to really blow it out of the water okay. Sony turned around blew it out of the water completely the only downside is they didn't talk about Neo at all they only confirmed its existence okay and a lot of people think they might be backpedaling after seeing what Scorpio has in it and they might be trying it but this thing's probably already in production so mm-hmm. it might be too a little too late for them so um, but Neo, basically like the matrix exactly Keanu <laughs> hey <laughs> so um, the thing where they really hit home is that they came out they did not do a lot of talking they basically came out and said here's the game here's the games here's the games another great game boom trailer boom 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 they had a live orchestra there that was playing all the music for the trailers and any oh, stuff cool. on screen yeah. that was supposed to be going on, it was it was a live orchestra, which was insane. But it was very rare for Sony to come out and not do a lot of talking. Um, but they made it a point to come out and just game, 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 game. So some of the games that they announced, uh, the first thing that they announced is is because they've actually been kind of short on games specifically just for PS4, which is something they were strong with on the PS3 cycle. Um, the first new big game that they came out with is God of War, and it's titled just God of War. Now, there's been three or four of these, four of these on PS3, uh, but this one is taking place with Norse mythology. The old ones were Greek mythology. Um, I'm a little confused because apparently it's the same character, um, and he has a son now, and there's like a progression. Maybe he just moved to Norway, and now he's dealing with North, Norse mythological characters. I don't really know. I think it's kind of a little strange. Yeah, I'm sure they'll but, figure it out. Yeah, he's got a beard now. He looks more gruff, but it's taking a little bit more of a last, last of us approach. It looks like it's, it's, it's a little more serious now. Um, I'm sure they're going to have a lot of the battling in there and stuff. But it was, it's, it's a game that's known for being very over the top. Mm-hmm. So um, that looks really cool. Beautiful game. So, what were you going to ask? I was going to ask: um, Is Norse mythology like a newer mythology than Greek and Roman mythology? I mean, I'm trying to think of like the timeline. I'm wondering I think if they're it's going to- older. Oh, okay, because I was wondering if they were going to make him, like, if he does transition there, like, maybe he could be, like, the originator of the Norse. I don't know. I I don't know. He was, you know, his name is still Kratos. Um, They're they're just, it sounds like they're keeping him, just moving him to Norway, essentially, which is kind of weird. They've aged him, though, you know, as well. Yeah. So... I'm very interested to see how they pull that off. I thought it was just going to be called God of War and it was going to reboot the entire franchise mm-hmm. and maybe have a different, like his name wasn't going to be Kratos, but um, he was just going to be battling Norse gods now instead of Greek gods. There was a rumor that they, well, not a rumor, but they, they actually, the studio making the game said that they toyed with the idea of going back to Egyptian mythology as well. Yeah. Um, which I thought would have been really cool. Well, maybe the next one. Yeah, maybe you know, ten years from now they'll they'll do that or or whatnot. But this this game looks really. I feel like they're Laura Croft just going to different places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this game looks really really beautiful. Um, hopefully that'll be fun. Uh, the Last Guardian, one of the games that we talked about that is taking forever to come out, ten years uh, plus, is finally got a release date announced. Um, they came out at E3 and said that it will be coming out on the PS4 on October 25th. Finally. 2016, uh, everyone's kind of crossing their fingers and, you know, believe it when they see it at this point in time. I, I don't know how that game's going to be. I can't I can't imagine that after all this time it's going to come out and um, be... that they're going to make their money back after a 10-year development cycle is just probably... is not going to happen. So, um, 
So there is there's the Last Guardian. Uh, Sony Bend came out with their game, uh, Days Gone as well. It, it's very Last of Us centric. It's zombies yet again, uh, kind of a tire trope at this point in time. But it looks interesting because the zombies that are in this game are crowd zombies. So they're very World War Z like. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. They they move as one unit. And there's World like War Z of them. movie, not World War Z book. Yeah, well the, the movie don't... was based on the book, right? Loosely, I read. Really? It was funny. I actually watched. I watched World War Z, and I went back and read it, and completely different story. Like, they barely have anything to do with each other. Really, it's basically name only. Yeah, because there's wow. no there's no fast moving zombies that. in World War Z the book. Well, this movie actually uh, deals with a biker gang that that survived the apocalypse, and they're dealing with these zombies now. Fun. It's it's kind of cool. The 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 main character is being voiced by. What's the guy from? He played Doomsday on Smallville, um, and he was the oh. voice of the and, and the likeness of the character in the Force Unleashed games. Yeah, I don't the know Force his name. Unleashed games. I have trouble saying that, but anyways, I forget his name. But he's voicing this guy, uh, so good for him. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Now that's the big one. That's the big one for PlayStation. Everyone's saying this is going to be the next big money maker for PlayStation. For anyone who's seen a trailer for it, it looks really cool, um, futuristic. But everyone's reverted back to, like, caveman dwellings and stuff like that. But they're fighting robot dinosaurs. Nice. Sounds completely ridiculous. <laughs> but it's it looks awesome. Uh, it's a very RPG-like, so very very Skyrim-like, huge open world kind of deal. Um, that one got delayed till February 2017. But everyone's saying that's going to be the next big franchise for PlayStation. Okay. So, um, Resident Evil 7 came out. This is going to be one of those VR-compatible titles. Uh, looks very much like uh, PT, which was a game that got canceled from uh, Guillermo, uh, Guillermo del Toro and the collaboration with Kojima. Uh, that one will be coming out for regular PS4 and the, the VR. Uh, on the VR front, the release date came out for uh, PlayStation VR, which is October 13th. They're starting to actually show those things in Best Buys and GameStops around the nation. Uh, the real bummer thing for them that they really didn't think through is that they're already sold out. So people go into these stores and they say, this is awesome. How can I pre-order one? You can't. Oh, wow. So um, yeah. that's, that's, a that's a little bit of a pickle they're going to have to figure out uh, later on down the road. Another VR title that they announced that I'm kind of excited about called Batman Arkham VR. Uh, same people, Rocksteady, who made all the Arkham games, mm-hmm. except you're literally putting on the cowl and that's you're going into awesome. detective mode and you're solving. It's a murder mystery, apparently. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're solving. I like, see, that sounds really interesting yeah. to me. More than... With what I've seen, like, the people reacting to just horror, maybe more tricks. Yes. The same reason you have, like, 3D movies, they just, like, throw a, a knife towards you. I think that sounds really cool mm-hmm. going into the different modes. And you can see kind of how Batman sees. And you apparently you, like, you play as Bruce Wayne. And you, like, you're, you're in his house. And you pick up the phone. And you're listening to messages from his girlfriend. Yeah, I might be able to play that one. And, that cool. and then you, like, you hit the keys on the piano and go down to the Batcave. And you literally put on the cowl and go out and drive the Batmobile and, like, solve a murder. It, it, it sounds... It's a short game, but it sounds amazing. And, and one of those things that they can only do on, on VR. Mm-hmm. So... Um, speaking of Hideo Kojima, who did the Metal Gear games, everyone's really excited because his new game got announced. He's got a collaboration with Sony, which is a huge big deal. Um, but I think they might have kind of shown their game a little too early. They they haven't even started working on it. But he 
is again working with Norman Reedus, who was in the PT demo, that game that I just mentioned got canceled. Uh, Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead, so they, they're pretty much back into collaboration again and picking up where they left off. Totally different game, though. Doesn't look like a horror game or anything like that. In, in Kojima fashion, it looks very strange, very weird. Um, this one I was very excited about, and this will kind of wrap it up uh, for what I was interested in in E3. Uh, Insomniac. The makers of Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank, yes. I'm very familiar. <laughs> Sony, I'm, I'm guessing through its relation with its motion picture department, has secured the rights for the next Spider-Man game to only come out on PS4, and Insomniac is making it. Wow. Um, Insomniac is not a first-party developer, meaning they don't just make games for PlayStation. They came out with Sunset Overdrive for Xbox One only mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple years ago at this point in time, but I think they're that game is very much hopping around a city and stuff like that, so I think they're going to take what they learned from that and put it into Spider-Man. This trailer looks amazing. Um, so I don't know how they pull off exclusivity on that, but that's well. They're that's the same huge. ones that do Ratchet and Clank, and there is the um, the slingshot. Yep. That you use with that a lot, so yep. I'm, I'm feel like you could do a very similar gameplay. Yeah, there's a lot of grinding that. and jumping and stuff too with with Sunset Overdrive, so that's that's awesome. Uh, two things I'm really disappointed to get that did not get mentioned at E3 is no Red Dead Redemption Two. I, I mentioned that earlier, and no new Wolfenstein game. Uh, Bethesda actually had a conference before E3 or during E3. And one of the things they didn't mention was Wolfenstein, which everyone's kind of clamoring for that next game. Mm-hmm. I loved the new yeah, order I know you enjoyed that. Um, that came out. That was a great one. So that's that's just kind of our our quick E3 wrap up. We'll we'll yeah. do a little bit more in depth uh, podcast next year, hopefully. Yeah, and we'll definitely be talking a little bit about what's going on in San Diego Comic Con, which is happening right now, and oh, yeah. also Star Wars Celebration. We'll give you all the latest the next time we talk to y'all. Yeah, absolutely. One one last thing on on the video games front as well that I wanted to go over. I thought it was very cool uh, to hear that uh, within its first week, and I know we're really late on this news at this point in time, but Uncharted 4 sold 2.7 million units in its first week. So that's that's proven to be another great uh iteration for for naughty dog and they just they they haven't had a made a bad game in like the last 10 years so yeah good for them i hope they keep it up after uncharted's over with so cool all right well i think that'll be it for us um as always check us out at pausepointspodcast.com there are links to all of our podcasts we have links to our social media twitter at pause underscore points you can support us on Patreon as well. You'll find the link there to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to start probably doing some exclusivity on Patreon after we get our video section up and rolling. Uh, we mm-hmm. might release some stuff to our Patreon subscribers early uh, before you can get it on iTunes or SoundCloud or something like that. So stay tuned for that as well. So as always, thanks so much for listening and keep it paused right here. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Let me hear you laugh. <laughs> no, give me a re- that's a fake laugh. <laughs> it's weird.